Hey, what is up? It's Brian LoFermento here with episode 146 of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. This is a Strategy Wednesday episode, and I've got Tom Bowen on today's episode. It's an interview I did with him as part of the 2015 I Am Summit, where he reveals everything you need to know about conversion optimization and how you can turn website visitors into actual revenue and customers and clients for your business. I'm excited to bring this interview today, so gear up and and let's dive in. Welcome to this episode of the 2015 I Am Summit. My name is Brian Lofermento. I am your summit host this year, and I am thrilled to be joined by our guest today, Tom Bowen. Now, Tom is president and founder of Website Optimizers, a consulting agency focusing on delivering bottom line results for customer websites through practices such as usability testing, conversion rate optimization, advanced analytics, and A-B testing. Since its founding in 2002, Website Optimizers has helped clients such as Bayer, Verizon, Dynamics, Magianos, and Pegasus Solutions utilize their websites to meet and exceed their marketing objectives. Tom's experience in internet marketing dates back to 1999, working for GTE, Sprint, and Verizon prior to founding Website Optimizers in 2002, so he's no stranger to the game. He's always been passionate about making things easier to use. Tom lives in Dallas, Texas with his wife and three children, and a fun fact about Tom is he considers himself to be the luckiest man in the world. Tom, thanks for joining us today. Great. Great. Thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Your bio has a lot of information, some technical terms, so let's put it into your own language. Well, like you said, uh, I guess to sum it up, we work with businesses or organizations, really, large and small, to help them get more value on the website from the traffic they already have. So we don't do a whole lot of work in terms of going after and getting traffic, doing SEO, other firms do that. And uh, we kind of focus on the traffic that's already already showing up at your website and how to get more out of that. So in the past, lots of uh, organizations would throw a lot of money out of going and getting more traffic. And that's just become, over the last couple of years, become more and more expensive. And so more firms like ours, like website optimizers, are taking that traffic. All right, Tom. Sorry, it looks like we had some slight difficulties. Are you still there? I am. All right, great. So we caught the gist of it. And the most important thing, in my opinion, that you said what you do is that you take existing traffic and you focus on converting that into sales. Now, that's why I've particularly been really looking forward to this summit session because I know a lot of people who run Facebook ad campaigns or run different ad campaigns or traffic generation strategies and they say, oh, those Facebook ads, they don't work. Well, in fact, it's often not a traffic problem. It's a conversion problem. So talk to us about what on earth conversion optimization actually is. I caught the end of the beginning of that question, but not the end. (laughs) (laughs) So in a nutshell, what is traffic or what is conversion optimization? Yeah, great. You know, uh, really, any website, uh, certainly any business's website or any any organization's website, 
there's a, a really a simple equation you can you can lay out that, that, that describes how they make their money or how they save their money if it's cost saving, uh, even in a B2B situation. And basically, like if you want to pull that slide up that I sent you, uh, that basically boils down to the traffic you get times the conversion rate times the value of that conversion kind of uh, gets to how, how you're making your money. And if you can advance to the next slide, you can see that, uh, yeah, great. So for an example here, a site that gets 10,000 visits per month, per week, whatever, and say they convert, let's say this is an e-commerce site, and they convert 2% of those. So they're getting 200 orders in that month. And on average, that, that order, the average order is worth $75 to them. And that, that site is generating about $15,000 per period there, right? So as I, as I started to say on the last one, I know they got broken up, but lots of historically, if you need to kick that up from 15,000 to a higher level, you, historically you'd spend money on traffic running paid ads or things like that to kick that up from 10,000 to something else. So I go to the next slide here and let's say that you spent $5,000 on pay-per-click ads at two and a half dollars an ad. So that gets you an extra 2,000 visits. So that takes you from 10,000 to 12,000, which uh, that shouldn't be 200 orders. It should be a little bit more because you converted 2% of the 12,000. It should be 240 orders, but that generates $18,000 in revenue. You got a boost in of $3,000 in revenue there. But what we do is we say, well, man, 250 a click, that's getting pretty expensive now. How about if we take those original 10,000, go ahead and advance to the next slide, and instead of buying, trying to increase that 10,000, let's take those 10,000 instead of getting just 200 orders out of it. What can we do to get 300 orders out of it? Is, this, is the site hard to use? Is it, are, are people not finding what they're trying to, what they're looking for? Those kinds of things. So maybe we can raise the 3%, the, the conversion from 2% to 3%, or maybe we can raise the average order value by getting more upsell. Or what? In this example, we you would raise it from two percent to three percent. Now all of a sudden, you generated over twenty-two thousand dollars revenue, and that improvement to that site is going on in perpetuity, right? So you don't have to go buy those extra uh, two thousand or, or, or five thousand visitors each month. Now the changes you made that have improved your site are ongoing, and so that's where you're. That's where we're bringing the value. And one last thing on this. That's an e-commerce example of it that I brought up, but this holds true for any kind of a site. If you're a, if you're a B2B lead gen site, you know, there's still a conversion rate for trying to convert those visitors to a lead, and there's still a value of that lead, right? It may not be hard revenue at that point, but uh, you know that your, your internal conversion rate on those leads is X, so you can assign, in, in general, what a value for each lead is. So the formula holds true no matter whether you're a, a software as a service site, even a, a media site where you're just getting dollars from clicks. And that's what we do. We, we help you get your, improve your conversion rate and get your money on that side of the equation. All right, awesome. And one of the key things there that I hope viewers really pay attention to today is that it's all about same amount of traffic. If you increase your conversion rate, your revenue skyrockets from there. So it's really an exponential impact, right, Tom? Right, yeah. Uh, Again, you can buy traffic and you have to keep buying that traffic. Uh, making your site better not only will increase your value, but also it makes it a better site. So people are going to recommend it to other, to other uh, 
friends and things like that more frequently. And, you know, it's, it's like running an ad at a, at a brick and mortar store versus offering better goods or offering a better customer experience there. It's the same thing online. All right. Awesome. So we're going to talk a lot about conversions and how entrepreneurs and internet marketers can increase those, but let's take a second first to talk about traffic. What are your thoughts on free traffic versus paid traffic and how do your interactions with both groups or segments of traffic differ? Yeah. So you're going to hear a lot when I say, well, it depends on the type of site, et cetera, et cetera. I, I won't go there with this one. I'll, it does a little bit, but I would say uh, at the heart of your question, I think the customer expectations tend to differ from paid traffic versus so-called free traffic. In paid traffic, you usually have pretty good control over the message, right? Because uh, you know, you, you're specifying exactly what's going to be on that ad or on that banner or, or, or whatever. But that means you've got to follow through. So if you're running an ad that runs a special offer for buy two pairs of shoes, get a third one free, you can't take them to your homepage where they're seeing uh, information about pants and sport coats. You, you, need to be, you need to pay attention about what that user experience is from ad all the way to when they get to your site. The, I guess from the free side, you've got a whole lot less predictability in terms of what the user's intent is. They could be going there for any kind of reason because your specific efforts weren't driving there. Yeah, you might be doing, it's SEO, you're doing a lot of SEO, so you're trying to rank higher, but you don't necessarily know what they searched for. You don't know what's on their mind, that kind of thing. So free is a little bit harder to cater to them once they get there, but it's probably a little bit better long-term if, if they're kind of going there more on their own uh, volition. To, to get to your question on what we prefer, I don't know that I prefer one or the other. I would say that typically when we have clients that are spending a lot of money on ads, we tend to focus on that traffic first because they're, because they're paying so much money for it and, and because we, we, we can affect it a little bit more quickly. Awesome. Now, let, let's speak to the entrepreneurs out there that are watching this today and they're wondering to themselves, well, Tom, it's great to worry about conversions, but what if I don't even have any traffic at all? How can entrepreneurs get their initial bump of traffic? Yeah, that's a good question, Brian. Uh, and, you know, we don't do a lot of traffic generation, but I, again, I would say that it depends a lot on the business model and things like that. How long are the sales cycles, that type of thing. I would say in general, paid search ads are a quick way to generate qualified traffic. And that's what we want, qualified traffic, right? But the cost of paid search ads continues to rise. So if you don't have that budget to be able to spend on that, then I'd say the next areas uh, that I'd be kind of pushing entrepreneurs towards would be maybe things like guerrilla PR type tactics or social type tactics, the things you can do with labor and not with money, but still to generate uh, a buzz uh, out there. And, you know, PR is, is great kind of traffic because it's, you know, more trustworthy, it's more trustworthy than advertising, that type of thing. And take that forward through to social. All those take a lot of effort though. All right, great. So, Let's let's start diving into conversions then, because that is your specialty. So once people have an audience, what are the keys? Let's start at a high level. What are the keys to turn that traffic into sales? Yeah, so uh, I often think that the lowest hanging fruit 
is going to be making sure you have a simple and pleasant user experience. So there's kind of two main areas of, of work that we focus on. One is usability, how, how usable is your site? And then the other is more things like tweaking a given page here or there. In, in our world, we call that landing page optimization, making sure your call to action is exactly right, things like that. But the lowest hanging fruit, so I've got my audience, uh, but I, I'm not converting a high enough rate. I usually focus first on how easy is your site to use? How pleasant is used? Can people find what they're looking for? If I'm if I'm going to my site looking for a pair of shoes, a, a, a green pair of shoes for a ten year old, can I find that? Is it easy for me for, for me to navigate the site? Uh, are, as a site, are, am I giving you more information that I'm asking from you? So again, that gets a pleasant type experience. Are there technical issues with the site? Lots of times a site may work really well in one browser, but there's a, a, a spot where it breaks in another, or certainly not to go too deep into phones, but you know, uh, user experience can be way different on a phone, and we all know how dramatically phone traffic is growing. So those kinds of things are kind of where I think that the lowest hanging fruit is and where you can kind of focus your efforts. Also, beyond the actual just usability, building trust on your site, having a lot of things like social proof. Do you have user comments on there or testimonials? Are your policies focused on the customer instead of yourself? Do you have an easy return policy, for example, as opposed to a strict one? So those kinds of things and just keeping your user experience focused on the primary action. If, you're, if your primary desired action is to make a sale or, or say in a, in a lead gen situation, that's your primary goal, right? You want them to request that more information. Then don't start asking them to leave a review on Google Plus or something like that if they haven't even uh, done that. So trying to keep the user experience focused on what you're hoping to do. Yeah, great advice, Tom. So for everyone watching this right now, get your pens and paper out because Tom is laying a lot of advice out there. And Tom, you're right. It starts with what do I want my users to do and how can I orient everything towards that? So that's fantastic advice. But let's, right. talk, let's talk about key metrics because let's say I've done these things that you talked about. What metrics should I care about and what can I do if those metrics are less than impressive? Yeah, so we have, uh, there's, there's kind of a block here that as getting as close to the bottom line is what you want to focus on first and foremost, right? So we call those KPIs, key performance indicators. It's a, a, a common term in the industry. And so uh, I guess the opposite of that would be what lots of us call vanity metrics. So lots of, lots of website owners focus on these vanity metrics, like how many visitors am I getting per month and how long are they staying on the site? Those are nice and those can be kind of indicators, but they, they, don't, they aren't tied to revenue necessarily, right? So again, if you're in an online store, and I, Brian, I use online stores a lot because just because they're easy to illustrate, but again, this could be any type of a site, but you want to get to focus on the metrics that are as close to that bottom line as possible. So for, again, for an online store, that's orders and even closer is just total revenue generated. That's what you want to be focused on. And I know it sounds kind of no-brainer, right? But uh, you'd be surprised that people that look at their total revenue on their accounting sheet, but not what's coming from the website and when they're looking to, to improve or to optimize their site, they're focusing on things like traffic. So if you're just setting up kind of a measurement 
program or metrics program for your site, the very first step, always the very first step is define your KPIs and get them as close to the bottom line as possible. If it's a legion situation, maybe that is leads. Maybe that gets as close to the bottom line as possible. Or maybe you have other metrics which help you describe how you're moving people through the funnel. So, and so those we will call those like micro conversions, right? So uh, if you're an online store, you want to make that order. But if they don't make that order, you're happy if they sign up for your mail list because now you've, they've given you their email, they're, they're, you've nudged them a little bit farther down that funnel. Now you can send them emails um, and maybe we can talk about emails in a little bit too. That'd be great. Uh, but you've grabbed their, their email ID, now they've moved down the funnel a little bit. That's a micro conversion. That's a metric we want to be, be tracking. So when you talk about your, 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 your top KPIs, your micro conversions, after that, things are, are indicators. And my, things like bounce rate is, is uh, lots of practitioners will talk about bounce rate a lot. And that's definitely a, a solid indicator of pages, in some cases, sites that are underperforming. But certainly by indicator, I talk about helping to find where money might be leaking out or where there are areas for improvement. Card abandonment in an e-commerce situation certainly would be a key one of those. All right, awesome. Now you, you alluded towards email marketing. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But you also said the word funnel quite a few times. So a funnel is great because it really nurtures that relationship with leads with the longer term view of turning them into customers. How do you account for your success in doing that, especially if you've got a new funnel and maybe you don't make your pitch until day 15? How do you know if you're succeeding within that first window or not? Well, again, you want to look at uh, what are the kind of micro actions that people are, 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 taking, are, are, are taking action on, on your site, right? So, again, if you're only measuring how many people came to my site or how many people looked at this page or this page or how long they stay there, you don't know that, but if you're measuring, did they download this white paper? Did they give me some information? Again, I don't want to ask them for, for too much. I don't want to, you know, uh, ask them to the prom on the first date kind of thing. But if are they are they giving up some kinds of information? Are they maybe printing off some coupons? Those those types of things that that, that show are they are they looking for uh, where's the closest physical store? All right, so maybe I'm not going to convert them online, but if they're if they're doing a locator search on me or they're printing off coupons, then they've moved farther down that funnel. And so these little more uh, uh, minor tasks or, or micro tasks are good indicators of what's going on. And most people or lots of sites, I guess, unsophisticated sites will just look at their analytics package in terms of traffic and they don't realize how many other events can be measured with their package, with their analytics package. Absolutely. So let's dive into email marketing. Now we always hear the money is in your list. What exactly does that mean and what's the importance of an email list for a business? Oh, well, uh, the traffic from email converts better than any other source. So did you have, I have one last slide, the last slide in that deck. You can pull that up. I mean, it, it, it converts way better right so uh, uh, one more yeah that one there so look, this is uh, pretty recent data from a study by Monetate they're an online e-commerce slash uh, online testing platform and looking see traffic from email we're talking from opt-in email 
uh, where, where people have, have, given you, have, have given you their email address and said, send me information. I, I, I'm giving you permission. I convert 60% better than search. You know, this, everyone for, for years thought, well, search is the most valuable traffic. And it is because it, it is valuable because people are out there searching for a solution to a problem. So they're already in a, in a mindset to buy. Traffic from email, there's a relationship there already. Uh, either they've bought from you in the past or they, they've done business with you in the past and they've said, hey, I've, it's been a good experience keep talking to me or even if they haven't uh, converted or ordered in the past, they've still said, I want to know about you guys. Do something, send me something to nudge me over that edge. So I become a customer. I'm going to give you my email and, and basically ask you to do that. So yeah, the, the money's in the list. Uh, there's, there's no kind of a conversion boost like utilizing your opt-in email list appropriately. So you talk about the importance of a list, but what exactly do we do with an email list once we've got people on there? And what do we do with all those leads? How do we nurture them to become customers? Yeah, so, uh, you know, again, I think that's one where it really depends a lot on the type of business you're in and the type of your target customer. So, for example, in a business-to-business -business situation, that's going to require more value building. Right. So the goals of your emails are to move them through that funnel, is to give them little nuggets of value to make you more kind of part of their team or almost like a strategic partner with them, especially in a longer sales cycle type of, of situation. In a business-to-consumer type situation, really that's often going to get a lot more to selling more quickly because that's what the consumer is interested in. It's great if you can add them value. You know, for example, uh, I'm on an email list with Scott's Fertilizer, and they send me an email every three months or so when I'm supposed to go apply a new type of treatment to my lawn. And that's great. And that gets me going to Home Depot or over and buying some Scott's Fertilizer, right? Uh, but that's more of the value one, and, and that's great when you can do that. But lots of stores... I have a big, huge collection in my inbox, uh, a whole separate email, just for emails sent from retailers like Nordstrom and Macy's and those kinds of things. They're all 100% sell. They're, none of them are, here's, how to, here's the best way to go clean your suit or something like that. The goal on a lots of B2C emails is to entice them to purchase with an offer. If they're not interested in that offer, they, they delete it. But uh, if it's a good offer targeted to them, they, they will. And so, like everything else, the key is to test, 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 test. All right. Love it. That, that's a great message. Now, let's talk about B2B because, as you said, that, that's where the relationships really need to be nurtured over the course of an email funnel. One of the biggest challenges about doing that is actually writing the emails. Now, you spoke about balancing value-driven emails versus salesy emails or offer-driven emails. What sort of emails work best for increasing conversions? And what's the best balance that you found for the value versus offer driven? Well, first of all, I'd say the, the best kind of email for conversion is one that gets opened. <laughs> uh, uh, so like that means, again, things that are read easily, easy to read on a phone, for example. More than half of all emails are open on phones nowadays. 
go to the supermarket, you see people standing in line, what do they do when they're reading their phone? They're reading their email. Go to, uh, I've got, uh, I think you mentioned I've got three kids. The oldest one is starting to play soccer. We go to a soccer game or practice. Everyone there during downtime is reading their email on their phone. Emails are read more often than not on a phone, and that's still just growing and growing. Uh, so you really need to design your emails, everything really, but we're talking about email. You need to design them from a mobile-first standpoint. Mobile-first is a huge buzzword in the digital marketing industry right now, and nowhere does it hit more home more solidly than with email because the growth is even faster there. So if you get a, an email that gets all shrunk and tiny and I got to pinch in to Zoom to try and read it and then try and go around, people delete those. They don't have time. If you have an email that has, that's full of heavy, really heavy graphics that's going to sit, that I have to sit and wait 20, 30 seconds for the download or is eating into my data plan, I'm going to close it. So uh, that might not have been the direction you're looking to go with this, with this uh, question, but to start with, yeah, it's, they're not going to convert if they don't get opened. But to go, to steer it back to maybe kind of where you're going with that is, I think the key uh, on, to email and to achieving that balance that you talked about is to segment your list and to deliver more uh, content specific to that segment. So you can segment on things demographically like location or uh, gender or, or age bracket if you have that information. And you can get that a lot. A lot of times it's easy to just ask one or two questions right after they signed up to get some of the demographic information. Or you can segment based on their history with you. Have they ordered? Have they never ordered with you before? Maybe send an email just to that, that segment, that list that's never ordered with a special introductory offer to get started. Or maybe you can create a segment of people that order all the time. They order three or four times a, a month. Or they order a huge when they order, they order in, in large amounts. You can create segments and all kinds of, of uh, activity like that and then tailor your orders to those. We had a client that uh, we found a good number of people on their list that only ordered in December. Only ordered in December. What's up with that? So what is up with that? Well, they're probably ordering a gift, right? So we sent them uh, – a run in February for Valentine's Day and another one in May for Mother's Day. And they got, and they got great results from that. It's just to those people that had only ordered in December because we had kind of identified them. They're likely gift givers. So that's kind of how I'd say where I'd start going to try and get more value out of the email, how to get them to convert more. Uh, and then from achieving that balance, again, I think it depends on the sales cycle. If it's a short sales cycle, like a business to consumer type, an e-commerce type situation, then that balance can be skewed way more heavily in terms of giving them offers. If it's a longer sales cycle, a longer process, a relationship building process, you're going to be looking for more value. And I said earlier, test it and, and testing is, is the key to, to success online. All right, awesome. Now let's speak to the entrepreneurs out there who may have an email list of old, ne neglected emails. How can they re-engage those lists in the way that will not bother and annoy those people, but also could foster those relationships into sales? Yeah, that's a man. That's a great question because uh, we've seen this this be, be handled poorly, and and the key is 
do not just start blasting them with email again all of a sudden. You haven't sent an email out in a year. Don't just send out a, a, an email to your whole list because that's going to lead to a lot of problems. You're going to get a whole lot of spam or complaints, spam reports or complaints. And your email service provider, it's, it's not at all far-fetched that they'll drop you say, hey, we're, we're killing this whole list. You can't use it. A better way would be to re-opt them in. So, uh, and most, most email service providers like AWeber, MailChimp, Contact all those. They have this kind of built in where you can say, "Hey, I want to re-opt in my list," and it'll send out an email to everyone on the list. It basically just says, "Hey, we haven't talked to you in a while, or you can word it how you want, but we haven't talked to you in a while. We want to make sure you're still interested. We want to start sending you email again, but to make sure you're still interested, click this link to give us your permission again." Now, lots of business owners start to kind of shake and panic on that because they think, "Man." How many people are going to actually do that? I'm going to lose my, my list is going to is going to get so much smaller, and it's true. It will reduce the size of the list, but those that are on there are going to be uh, recipients that are engaged, and they're going to be uh, looking and opening your messages. They're going to be acting on them, and then you can start focusing on growing that list again with all your new visitors that, that are coming. And if you're if you're keeping a regular ongoing email program that those new visitors that are coming to sign up, they're going to be engaged. So that's what I'd say, Brian, would be re-opt-in. And, and you're not starting from scratch, but you are kind of stepping, taking a couple steps back. All right, that's fantastic advice because it is scary advice, but I think you're spot on. And, and that's, that's exactly the message there is that you'd rather have uh, in a live list that is interested in you and your offers rather than a bigger dead list. So great advice there, Tom. Great. Now, Let's switch gears a little bit. We, we've talked a lot about conversion optimization. We've talked about email marketing. Tell us about your own business. So how have you locked up massive clients like Verizon? What's your strategy for getting in with those big businesses? Well, uh, for one thing, I kind of always look at the kind of the philosophy of one department in a large company is still a lot like a smaller company, right? So you're trying to get into... Verizon or, you know, uh, Chevron or, or, or some huge uh, Fortune 100 company, you're not going in and talking to their CEO. The CEO, the CEO is not the person that's handling their website anyway. So you're going into a given department. Sometimes it's you've got this huge company and it's broken up a whole lot of divisions and they all have their own piece of the website. So they all have their own web team. Each one's kind of structured differently. But no matter what, you're still going into a general department and that's still a like a smaller company. And in all cases, large or small, our business model, our business model is relationships, focusing on relationships, building them and nurturing them. Just like the advice that we've been talking about here about how you're handling things online. That's how I handle things offline in terms of building our business is uh, working on, 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 build, on, on, on meeting people, on networking, but then forming and building those relationships. And then when we do get a, an opportunity, man, we got to deliver, right? We got to deliver good service. We've got to deliver on everything the customer wants. And then hopefully that good value re results in more referrals and building that network up further. So that's kind of our plan. All right, awesome. So what's your plan to those lines and, and what's your strategy or business model for growing website optimizers even further? 
Yeah, so uh, Brian, we're focusing a lot these days on strategic partnerships. So uh, in terms of, instead of more kind of the general relationship building I was talking about before, specific strategic partnerships with complementary vendors. So we're working a lot with uh, other marketing agencies that don't have a big digital arm. And so we can partner with them so, so those agencies can go and offer these much needed services. Again, people can't afford to buy traffic. So more and more people are looking to how to get more revenue out of the traffic that's coming. But still lots of agencies don't have a, a lot of that expertise in house. So we're building strategic partnerships with those. Or if you're out, if you're not in my industry, but you're in some other industry, look at complementary vendors. If you're, say you're a web development house, right? And you're looking to get bigger contracts, become really good at some, become really good at say Magento. So, and then work with Magento to send you customers. And yeah, we pay referral fee. Uh, and it's very profitable for things like that. So we're doing that. We're working on growing our brand, the website optimizers brand and, and mine, uh, my personal brand as well in terms of becoming more better well-known and getting into those higher level customers. All right. Great insight. Thanks for that. So let's take a second to speak to beginner entrepreneurs. So someone who hasn't cracked, let's say, $100,000 in revenue, what should those beginning entrepreneurs focus on from a conversion and sales perspective to to get the ball rolling and get their bottom line increasing? I think these days, uh, online or offline really, Brian, any entrepreneur, any new business should be focusing on delivering a product or service that's as of much value as possible to the customer. Uh, you know, with the way social media is today, it's not even, even 10 years ago, it's totally different, right? So uh, even, 10, 20, 30 years ago, word of mouth was often such a big marketing strategy. Now, with social media the way it is, word of mouth is, is the importance has exploded. So I think uh, instead of just trying to be like a low cost provider or something like that, actually delivering a great experience in, my, in our world, that's a great to getting our customers to deliver a great user experience. But even if you're a so an, an offline business delivering that great customer experience, I think is where any entrepreneur should be trying to focus right now. All right. So it all comes back to providing value and nurturing those real life relationships. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, becoming, becoming the accepted expert in your field and promoting yourself as that also goes a long way to that. I think, you know, that example I gave you with the Magento is like become really good at it. Right becoming known as the go-to for this. If, if you're a salary negotiator, you know, being on the news the next time the, the local NFL star is in a holdout and being the guy that that news anchor is interviewing about understanding negotiations, branding yourself as an expert and not just promoting it that way, but actually having the expertise, you've got to be able to deliver on it, right? Uh, having that type of, uh, that strategy, I think, is, is good, again, regardless of your line of business these days. All right, great. So, Tom, I've given every Summit speaker the opportunity to make what I call a humble brag. So tell us what your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur is. <laughs> oh, that's easy. I love working with the decision makers in such a wide range of, of businesses. You know, I'll, I'll talk with people 
at uh, there's a little regional chain just breaks of, of auto repair shops and, and working with them and learning the automotive industry. And then the next day I'm talking with the CEO of a makeup company. And then the next day I'm talking with the, uh, the marketing director at uh, an online publication, right? They, they, they do several different, uh, not an offline publication, it's online and offline, but uh, they, they print, print magazines to, to parents. And that, that variety that I get is, is great. And I guess the other thing I'd say is we're very fortunate in our area that results are in black and white. It's easy to say that we are or we're not delivering because the results are all in the metrics. And so we take a project and I walk away saying, hey, we made you $1.2 million. So we, it, when we take this and annualize it, that's, that's a great feeling. They're happy, <laughs> but I'm happy too. And it's different than me than like the old days, uh, maybe like the guys on Mad Men, right? And they're running the ads and they're, they're, they're creating these masterpieces of art, but did it really affect the business? I don't know. The revenue may have increased, but was it because of that ad? No one knew back then. We know today. So that's, that's a great thing. It, it makes it uh, fun to go to sleep at night. It makes it fun to work with all the different people we work with. All right. Awesome. Tom, you have been a wealth of knowledge. We've really enjoyed this session. You've been very insightful. The strategy, strategies that you've revealed are fantastic and can help truly every business owner online and offline. So I thank you so much for your insight. Now, where can viewers learn more about you and your business? Oh, yeah. You know, I should give you a slide for that, too. But our, uh, our website's great. It's uh, websiteoptimizers.com, W-E-B. S-I-T-E-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com. Uh, we have a lot of information on there about conversion rate optimization, analytics optimization, usability studies, just to educate you. Uh, our blog, there's a, there's a big button right on the site there for the blog. Uh, we blog there a couple, couple times a month uh, with lots of, of great information, I think, uh, selfishly. I think great information on turning visitors into customers, on what other what other websites are doing well or aren't doing well, uh, how to get more out of your analytics, things like that. So like that, it's it's a good resource. You can also follow us on Twitter. It's WSL Marketing is our Twitter handle. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. It's been a pleasure having you in the 2015 IM Summit, and I wish you the best of luck moving forward. Thanks, Brian. It's great to be part of the IM Summit. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast with your host, Brian Lofermento. For show notes and to get a free copy of Brian's book, visit us online at thewantrepreneurshow.com.